Well, can you believe it? It's two and a half weeks till Christmas. That's all. And I guess most of us, I guess, I guess most of us, I think, are looking forward to it in some way or another. Maybe because of the opportunity to be with a wider family, maybe. Or lots of good food. Or Morecambe and Wise on the telly. Jenny Potter, is she here? Is Jenny here? Oh yes, Jenny I happen to know, and probably some others who might not be so willing to admit it will be hoping to see Cliff Richard on the telly singing Mistletoe and Wine, won't you Jenny? (laughs) Alice, my daughter, is looking forward to getting her new car. Not a present from us, I'd like to add. Um, Or maybe it's the Christmas presents you're looking forward to. Wondering what you're going to get, and eyeing them under the Christmas tree, picking them up, shaking them, giving them a sniff. Perhaps even opening the end and having a little peer in. I know what it's like. But just only just being able to hold back from taking a sneak peek. Maybe it's the Christmas presents that do it for you, that make Christmas for you, I wonder. Well, in this short sermon series, and I think there's about five of them, which take us up to the end of December, we're going to be looking at another sort of Christmas presents, as Simon was saying, and how whatever our story of faith so far we can invite the presence of Jesus deeper, deeper into our lives and make a lasting difference there. So as we begin, let's pray. Come to you at, the big, busy, at this busy, busy time of year. And we're asking that at the start of this series and as we go through this Christmas season, you will help us to make room for you. To put your presence above all other things at this time, that we wouldn't get uh, diverted from you by all the trivial stuff that goes on and all the important stuff that goes on that we enjoy and is fun, but it's not really putting you at the centre. Father, teach us more deeply about you and your presence in our lives, and I pray that this morning you'll speak through me, that my words would be your words and not my own. Amen. So, Chris read for us the story of the wise men, or the Magi. They were looking forward with joy and anticipation to the coming of Jesus. That's why they spotted the sign of his birth. And my question today for us as we kick off this series is, how much do we look forward with anticipation to what God is going to be doing in our lives, what God wants to do in our lives? How much do we listen to his voice so that we know what action we need to take and what direction, which direction, he would have us travel? Bible commentators tell us that it is very unlikely that the shepherds and the wise men all arrived neatly within visiting times at the side of the manger with no more than three around the bed the day Jesus was born. The real story was not neat and tidy like that, not a sterile one that we typically portray. In fact, it's likely that the Magi travelled a very long way over many months and may not have visited Jesus actually until he was toddling. They may have even set out before he was born and arrived sometime after. 
since after, since after his conversation with the Magi, Herod, kill, Herod killed all boys under two years of age in his attempt to get rid of Jesus. It's likely that he, they didn't arrive till sometime after he was born. But it doesn't matter, actually. My point is that they were anticipating God's work, anticipating the fulfilment of his Old Testament promises. And there is much that we can learn from the story of the Magi if we want to hear God speak and we want to hear his guidance in our lives. And we've heard Linda sum that yearning within us to hear him speak this morning really helpfully. Because we don't always feel we can hear him speak, do we? And for some of us here this morning, we'll feel that we've never actually heard him speak to us personally. So I want to encourage this morning us to to expect him to speak, to long for him to speak. Linda spoke of a longing to hear God speak. And I hope that all of us will leave here this morning longing to hear God speak. So I'm going to ask four questions this morning. The first one is, are we expecting God to speak like the Magi were? Are we building our relationship with him in order that we might hear him speak? Are we listening out for him in the right places? Maybe he's speaking and we're not actually listening where he's speaking or in the way in which he's listening, watching for what he's saying. And fourthly, are we willing to act on what we hear? So, number one question. Are we expecting God to speak? The Magi travelled a great distance and when they arrived in Jerusalem, they made inquiries. Where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star in the east, and we have come to worship him. The Magi expected to hear from God. They were listening out for him. The changes in the stars were real. Anyone could have seen them had they been looking for them. The sign was visible to everyone, but only those who were expecting it saw it, and the Magi spotted it because they knew its meaning. How much do we expect to hear from God? Do we really really believe that he speaks to people today? Do we even believe that he speaks to us today? To me today? I want to put to you this morning that God certainly does speak to individuals today and wants to speak to you today, but we often don't hear him. And one of the reasons we don't hear from him is, is that we're not expecting him to speak And we don't invest time and energy in looking for it or listening out for his signposts. The reason the Magi saw the sign was because they were expecting him. And um, the reason for that was that they studied the scriptures. They were really familiar with the Old Testament scriptures that that um, prophesied the coming of Jesus. Like this verse in Micah and others in Numbers and Isaiah. They knew the scriptures and because of that anticipated God's work. And I'm going to be talking about improving our ability to hear God speak and some of the ways he speaks to us today. But by far, above any other method that he speaks to us, is through when we study his word and study the Bible and meditate on it. When we have a solid grounding in the truths of the Bible, we should expect God to speak and be actively looking out for him, inviting him, giving the opportunity by making ourselves available for him to speak to us. Yet so often, especially at this time of year, we are preoccupied with our own stuff, aren't we? Too busy with our daily lives. In eight years' time, my dad 
will be 100 years old. And he will receive then a telegram from the Queen, or whatever the equivalent is now. I don't know if they're still telegrams. And do you know that in our house, we're already talking about it? It will be a big deal. I'm sure that when it comes, we will all gather round. We will hang on every word that is written there. We will analyse it, pore over it, dwell on it. A personal message, a personal communication from the Queen herself. Imagine that. And yet, here we are, this very day, with an open invitation to meet with the King of Kings, the living God, the maker of heaven and earth, who wants to spend time with us individually. And you know, we don't even need an appointment. And yet, we're too busy to find the time, aren't we, so often? Too busy putting up our Christmas decorations, planning the Christmas celebrations of his birth, going to church, running our lives, busy, busy, busy. And you know, it's not even as if hearing from God is complicated or a difficult thing that we have to work hard on or strive for. It says in God's words that it's not difficult. Consider these verses in Deuteronomy. Now, what I am commanding you today is not too difficult for you or beyond your reach. It is not up in heaven so that you have to ask who will ascend into heaven to get it and proclaim it to us so that we may obey it. Nor is it beyond the sea so that you have to ask who will cross the sea to get it and proclaim it to us so that we may obey it. No, the word is very near you. It's in your mouth and in your heart, so that you may obey it. God is not distant, although, as Linda has said, sometimes it really feels as if he is. He is speaking. He is reaching into our lives, but we're not always in tune. We're looking in the other direction. And sometimes we assume that God will never speak to us, only to other people, better people, more holy people, And yet God says, I am close by. I am close to you, to me. Let's act on that truth, believing that God speaks to us individually today and expect him to do just just that. Expect it. Look out for it. So our first question was, well, are we expecting him to speak? And secondly, I want to look at, uh, are we building our relationship with him so that we might be more likely to hear him speak? And if you still need some persuading that, that God is speaking to you, look at the, take a look at this, these verses in John 10. The man who enters by the gate is the shepherd of his sheep. The watchman opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he has brought them out all of his own, he goes on ahead of them. And his sheep follow him because they know his voice. And they will not follow a stranger. In fact, they will run from him because they don't recognize a stranger's voice. And later in verse 7, Jesus says, My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. Notice that these verses state fact. It doesn't talk of Jesus speaking to some of his sheep. It doesn't say that he speaks to his favorites because he hasn't got any. The ones who are particularly holy 
or the ones he's picked out to speak to. No, Jesus speaks to his sheep, all of them. That's you and me if we've chosen to follow him, every one of us. But we do need to do our bit and to recognise his voice. When my Gracie was a baby, my little girl, she, and she was a bit unsettled in her room, sometimes I would only have to go to the door of her room and say a few words to soothe her, and she would often go back off to sleep. It was no good anyone else going to the door and whispering to her. She knew my voice, and it would settle her. And the reason she knew my voice, and it brought her comfort, was that I spent time with her every day, getting to know her, building our relationship. And we need to do the same with God. Cultivate that relationship so that we can recognise his voice when he speaks. And the best way to do that is to spend time with him every day, reading his word, praying, just being with him, inviting him in to the core of our lives. Here in Psalms we read, The Lord confides in those who fear him. He makes his covenant known to them. This doesn't mean that we need to fear God in the knee-trembling, fearful, nervous kind of way. It means coming close, recognising his power, knowing him. But of course, when we come close and begin to hear God speak, we won't always like what we hear. In Proverbs 3, My son, do not despise the Lord's discipline and don't resent his rebuke, because the Lord disciplines those he loves as a father, as a son, as a father, the son he delights in. At the small group's leaders' meeting on Wednesday, we were talking about how good it is on occasions to ask for feedback from our group on how we're doing at leading them. You know, asking them how our leadership style is for them and whether we are doing okay, whether it's helpful or whether we're sending everyone to sleep. One of the small group leaders uh, made a very good point, I thought. She said that feedback is okay, but only if you know that the person giving it is on your side and wanting the best for you. Well, we all want feedback, don't we, from the living God? Feedback on how we're doing, um, how we're doing, how far we're going for, away from his plans for us, how we're doing in becoming more like him. If we get to know him better by spending time and seeking his presence, working on the relationship him, with him, we will find that he is not a distant, angry God, but a friend close by, rooting for us. Now, like some of our small group members, we might sometimes have difficult things to say. He might have difficult things to say to us that we don't really want to hear. But like them, hopefully, he is on our side, wanting the best for us, to develop us, to move us on, to make us more effective. But of course, we're not always great at hearing clearly from God, are we, even when we do hear him speak. And Paul reminds us here that now we see but a poor reflection is in a mirror, but then we shall see him face to face. What a good thought that is. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. It always worries me a bit when someone declares, God has told me this or that, without any confirmation or putting it to the test. And when Paul says, we we see but a poor reflection, the words used in this original manuscript mean, we see in a riddle or an enigma. Because we're not yet with him, our channel 
of communication is, is, infallible on, is, is not infallible on our part. As my mother got older and more frail, I remember that every time I went to see her, I had to wash her glasses because the lenses were covered in smudges. And there are smudges on our lenses and our hearing is less than perfect when it comes to listening to God. So it's important that we test what we see and hear. Often, if we pay attention, God will confirm what he's saying by repeating it in different ways. And of course, another way of checking it out is to see what the Bible says. When God speaks, it will never be out of step with his word. If people tell me, if people tell me, and and you'd you'd be surprised what people do say, uh, if they tell me that God is leading them to commit adultery, to live with their boyfriend, to break the law, to put in a dodgy tax return, I know, I know that their lenses are smudged. They're not seeing clearly or hearing what God is saying. And as we become more mature in our faith, we will learn more and more about how God operates and recognise what he might be saying more easily. And these words from Hebrews underline this point. Solid food is for the mature, who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. Now many of you will know, and I have asked Yvonne permission for this, and you will know William and Yvonne Miller, who are from Northern Ireland. And they've been members here for a very long time. And when we first met more than 20 years ago, I could hardly tell what they said because of their accent or their little boy Gareth. I mean, I could tell they were friendly because when I went round, Yvonne would throw open the door and beckon me in. She would always put the kettle on. And there was always a few biscuits as well. It's a good Irish tradition, that. So I kept on going round, and she kept on letting me in, and, I kept, and, she, came, and she came to me, until our way of speaking to each other became familiar, because she tells me she couldn't tell a word I said either. <laughs> until we had begun to understand each other and became familiar with our accents, uh, our friendship was quite superficial. It was only as we spent time together and got to know and understand each other that things made sense. And it's like that in our relationship with God. As we get to know him better, we will learn more of his ways and spot what he's trying to say more easily. Sometimes, when God speaks, it's my observation that we don't always acknowledge that it's him. Yet here in Proverbs, we are urged to acknowledge him in all our ways, and he will guide us. People often say to me, God never speaks to me. And I can remember saying the same thing just a few years ago. Yet when I look at the lives of these people, it's clear that God is moving in them. Similarly, sometimes I will pray with someone that something about them or their circumstances will change. And when I see them again, sometimes, the change has occurred. Praise God, you might think. But you know, quite often, their response will be something like, Oh, I'm feeling much better now, thank you. It's probably, it's probably because I'm sleeping better. Or it's probably because, oh, the clocks have changed. Or the weather's better. Or it's a better time of year, there's more sunshine. And sometime later, when I see them again, they might even say, you know, God never speaks to me. God never works in my life. We don't always acknowledge what he's doing. Have you done that? I'm sure I have. 
I'm sure I have. So, our first question was, are we expecting God to speak? Our second one was, are we building our relationship with him so that we recognise his voice? Thirdly, we come to, are we listening out for him? How do we expect him to speak? In terms of knowing and recognising that God is speaking to us, I always think Moses had it quite easy, really. I mean, a burning bush, only not really burning, calling you by name is a pretty good clue, isn't it? But we're not always that good. We're not, it's not always that clear for us, and we're not always good at spotting the signs. Now, um, speeding is a very serious motoring offence, and I do not want to trivialise it in any way. But I think the experience of someone close to me provides a useful illustration at this point. Now, <laughs> not so long ago, someone in our household received a speeding fine, and he was amazed, astonished, in fact. He was absolutely sure that it was a mistake. Actually, the speed camera had caught him coming down the A140, near to where it meets the A14. I suspect he's not the only one that's been caught there. He was sure that the speed limit had been higher than the notice in his hand had said, and that there had been no indication, and certainly no signs by the road, to say otherwise. So indignantly, he drove all the way out there to check. (laughs) When he came back, I inquired gently and sensitively, "Um, so were there any signs to indicate the speed limit, Phil? Oh, didn't mean to say his name. (laughs) Rather sheepishly, he replied, well, yes, I counted. Um, When I got to eight signs and a yellow speed camera, I stopped counting. (laughs) He had completely missed all the signs on on the road markings because he was sure he knew that what the speed limit was on that stretch of road. He was absolutely certain he didn't need to read the signs. (laughs) We do the same with God. We don't listen because we think we don't need to hear his voice. We don't expect he'll have anything to say to us in those circumstances, especially if we're confident that we know what he's doing. I love these words from Kings about when God spoke to Elijah, who had been sleeping in a cave overnight and when he was on his way to Horeb. The Lord said, Go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Then a great powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. And when Elijah heard it, he pulled his cloak over his face and went out and stood in the mouth of the cave. Then a voice said to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? I expect, don't you, that Elijah was expecting God to speak in the wind and then in the earthquake and then in the fire. But no, God spoke on this occasion in a gentle whisper. 
And when people tell me they don't hear God speak, I wonder what they're expecting it to sound like. Let's look at some of the ways God spoke to people in the Bible. Here are our friends, the Magi. After they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen in the east went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. So God spoke to the Magi by leading them by a star. He spoke to Moses through a burning bush, as we've said, to Daniel, Joseph, and Jacob, and many others through dreams and visions, to the Israelites by a pillar of fire by night and a smoke by day. Then there were miraculous signs and wonders, Moses' stick turning into a serpent and water spouting out from a rock, and we could go on and on, couldn't we? Well, that's all very well. That was Old Old Testament, wasn't it? That was Bible times. It was different then, (laughs) maybe. But what about today? And here Paul tells us what we can expect to see. These men are not drunk, as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. No, this is what was, and th- no, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. And sure enough, God does speak in these ways today and more. Mostly, God speaks through his word, the Bible, but he also uses these methods to speak to us. You may have found, for instance, that something someone else has said to you has been really helpful, even if they haven't known it, and you have heard God speaking through them. You may have had a picture come to mind that has aided your understanding just at the right moment. Once, when I was feeling quite low and feeling inadequate, and I was just about to go in to pray with someone in prayer ministry, I was thinking, how on earth can God use me in this this situation when there's still so much work in me to be done? I'm still a work in progress. And at that moment a picture came into my head really clearly. It was a picture of a dirty, a dirty black brass knob. You know, the sort of thing you'd see on an old boiler or on a steam engine, really old black brass thing. And I saw a dirty, oily old rag being used to polish it, to polish the knob. And the brass became clean and shone brightly. You see, I was the rag in that picture, God was saying to me at that moment, just when I needed to hear it, that he could use me, even though I was still dirty and unclean and still had work to be done in me. And you know, that was a really powerful word. God spoke to me and used me in spite of the work still to be done in me. And God speaks like that sometimes. Look out for it. Expect to see it. Occasionally in chapel at Spurgeon's College, God will speak through someone um, speaking in tongues, and someone will speak very loudly and and, um, in tongues to the whole chapel. And then after a few moments, someone else will give an interpretation of what was said. And it will be a message for someone. It will be all for the college, or or it will be pertinent. And God still speaks like that today, and it can happen here too. It's the same God here as it is at Spurgeon's, obviously. We should be expecting it looking out for it. You may well have experienced occasions when you just know you have to do something, say something to someone, go somewhere. 
I remember once uh, I had an elderly friend who I used to call Gran who lived down the road. You probably remember her, some of you. She used to come here with me. And before she died, uh, some time before she died, I just knew I had to go and see her. I didn't know why. It wasn't the normal day. It wasn't the normal time. But I just knew I had to go there and see her. And I went there at that moment, and there she was on the floor. She'd collapsed, and she was stuck. She couldn't get up, and she was in her 90s. I just knew it. And I bet, I'm sure that many of you have experienced God speaking in that way. Um, when, I was, when I was just beginning to, we were just beginning to wonder whether I was called into ministry. Someone sat on the front pew here and prayed that if God was calling me, um, that people would start to say to me, Heather, have you thought of going to the ministry? You could be a minister. They, they prayed that prayer and um, said, Amen. And remember, I've been in this church for over 20 years. No one had ever said it to me before. Within, within a minute someone had come up to me and said, Heather, come and be our next minister. I what? And over the coming weeks and days, several, and some of you here have been used in that way, came up to me completely out of the blue. I remember Carrie was one and others, and said, Heather, you could be a minister. What? Why would they say that to me? God speaks in all sorts of ways. We should expect it. Look out for it. And some have even heard God speak in an audible voice. And um, sometimes uh, we, hear, we, see, we hear God speak through nature, don't we? We can just look at nature and see the wonder of it all and worship the God who created it and put it into place. And it puts us into perspective, doesn't it? It says something very profound about who he, he is and who we are. God speaks today in so many ways. Look out for it. Um, here in Timothy, we find, underline the importance of allowing space to let God speak. Reflect on what I'm saying, for the Lord will give you insight into all of this. Try silence. When you feel really comfortable with someone, there is no reason to be constantly filling the time with chatter, is there? Just to be with them is enough. Try it with God. Just being with him, not asking for anything, not pleading, not pleading for forgiveness, not, asking, not bringing your latest request to him or anything, just dwelling in his presence. At times, you know, it's like a cool shower on a baking hot day. You might be surprised what you see, what you've experienced and what you hear. And if you're one of those that have already experienced this, or you've heard God speaking in some of the ways I've mentioned or other ways, share it with others. Tell others, over coffee maybe, tell others how you've heard God speak. Not to show how holy you are, absolutely not, because that's not the case, but to encourage them to try it. If he speaks to you, he might just speak to them. Sometimes in those moments of quiet, the Lord comes and dwells with us, not saying anything, but showing his presence, not speaking, but imparting joy and peace. Give it a try. Lastly, our fourth question this morning is, are we willing to follow him? The Magi were, and having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. I wonder if the Magi would have heard God speaking if they'd not been prepared to follow it through. I'm increasingly convinced that it is our willing to follow God where he leads us and in our, in our hearts that clears the channel for us to hear God speaking and follow him. 
What is God saying about how we spend our time, the jobs we're in, our hobbies, our priorities? We need to ask ourselves, if we hear what God has to say to us, are we willing to see it through? How far are we willing to go to do what God is asking of us? Corrie ten Boom, who was used so greatly by God in assisting the Jews against the Nazis, once asked the Lord why she was no longer hearing from him, no longer hearing him speak as clearly as she had done. And he reminded her that she had told him once, she had vowed that she was willing to go anywhere in the world to serve him except Germany. The moment she repented of this, and she began to hear him speak again. And he opened the door into a fruitful ministry. You know where? In Germany. The most fulfilling and purposeful life is the one committed to following Jesus wherever he leads us. And when we follow him, we are so much more likely to hear him. So, as I finish, let's do what we need to do every day. Will you join me and invite God to speak to us by his Holy Spirit? Are we expecting him to speak? Are we relating to him? Are we putting the effort in? Are we making him a priority to get to know? Are we listening? Are we listening in ways which we might not have expected previously? Are we really looking everywhere? Have we got our eyes open? Are we listening? And are we willing to, do, to act upon what we hear. Now you might be thinking, but Heather, you don't realise what I've been through, how remote God seems, the pain I've suffered, or what I have done. How could God want to speak to me? Well, let's give him a chance and stand before him now and ask him to speak to us in the stillness. And then we're going to move to a quiet song of prayer. Will you stand with me? Let's pray. Father God, in the most part, we want to hear you speaking. 